Welcome to the CMC Podcast, where our mission is to inspire you to be a doer of the Word. Today's message is brought to you by our lead pastor, Tim Brooks. Turn to Matthew chapter 18. Recently, I was in Little Rock. I was there doing a pickup, and I I pulled into this big warehouse. This place was huge, and there were doors all down both sides and across the front of this big building. So I sat in the parking lot motionless, just looking at this place. And I sat there for quite a while, and finally I saw this guy walking across the parking lot, and so I drove over by him, rolled down my window, and I said, where is the door to get in that place? I mean, doors were everywhere. Where is the door to get me in there? He pointed to one. And I started driving toward that door, and I thought, I got to preach on this right here. Because everybody needs to know where the door is. Where is the Everybody needs to know that. How do I get in this place? Well, this year, we are focusing on the kingdom of God. We're talking about living in the kingdom. That's, that's our focus. The title of today's message is Door to the Kingdom. Door to the Kingdom. All the way home from Little Rock, I was writing this sermon in my head. Footnote, careful if you see me driving, watch out for me. When my wife, I always travel with her, she's got to be in the car all the time, she says, babe, Here's the driveway to our house. Oh, yeah, okay. Because something's going on in my head, probably instead of paying attention. But at any rate, I had to write this sermon in my head because everybody wants to know where the door is. Where is the door? The title today is The Door to the Kingdom. Matthew chapter 18, verse 2. Jesus called a little child to him, and and he put the child among them. Then he said, I tell you the truth, unless you turn from your sins and become like little children, you will never get in the kingdom of heaven. Well, I'm asking myself, where's the door? How do I get in this place? See, we're talking about not just on Sunday morning, how do I live in the kingdom? See, I want to live there. I want to live in the place that's full of peace. I want to live every day full of joy. I want to experience the miraculous move of God not once a year, one time. I want the miraculous move of God every day in my life. I want to live in the supernatural. I want my life, I want my business to operate in the supernatural. How do I get in there? How do I daily live blessed? How do I get in? Okay, let me set this up for you. Jesus calls a little child. He's out there among them. He calls this little child, and and he sits this child down right in the middle of them. Everybody's staring at this child. Okay, what you got to know is kids were kept quiet, and they were kept out of the picture. Adults ate first. Whatever was left over when the adults got up and left, the kids were allowed to eat. I'm not sure how we thought we could improve on that now that I think about it. But at any rate, I won't dwell on that. That's just the way they did it back at that time. Sometimes new things are not always good. 
So Jesus sets this child right in the middle of them. And this, the disciples, see, we're always pushing these kids back. Get back, get back. You're not supposed to be in the middle of where we are. Then Jesus says, I tell you the truth of this entire matter. You're never going to get into the kingdom, one, unless you turn from your sins, and two, become like little children. Okay, it's going to take these two. These two are the door. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. I feel like right now I'm, I'm in that parking lot of that warehouse, and a guy is pointing, saying, right there is the door to get in. That, that's what I feel like when I just read verse 2 and 3. Right there. Church, right here is the door to get in there. Well, let, let's head toward that door. Number one, turn away from your sins. To do that, you're going to have to know what is sin. The first thing that we got to do to turn away from our sins, the first thing is we're going to have to know what sin is. Now, in my generation growing up as kids and as teen, teenagers, teenagers, contrary to what your parents tell you, they weren't perfect. Just FYI. Here's, let, me, let me just tell you. Growing up, as teenagers are, and see, I, I hear adults say, well, when we were kids, we never did this. When we were kids, we never did that. Let's just don't bring up what we did when we were kids, okay? Let's just, let's raise our children, but let's don't talk about what we did as children. Well, I never did that. Let's just don't, let's don't go there. Let's just, here's what the Bible says. Here's what we're going to do. Here's my concern, and, and, I, and I think this is a huge concern of, of Josh and Paul and my, all three of us. Here's our concern. When my generation of teenagers was messing up, we lied about it. Well, I mean, we lied about it. No, I didn't do that. See, we lied about it. When we were messing up, we snuck around to do it. Let me just tell you something. When, when we were messing up, we covered up what we did. When we were messing up, I did not want the teacher finding out about it. I did not want the principal knowing about it. I didn't want my parents knowing about it. I didn't want nobody knowing it. I sure didn't want my preacher knowing about it. I didn't want nobody knowing it. We're in a day and time right now where teenagers video themselves in sin and post in it for all eternity. Teenagers, down the road when you're applying for a job, your boss can go back in the clouds or wherever and see what all you've done and make a decision whether they're going to hire you or this other guy that's in her. You need to know when you're posting your sin for the whole world to see what you're doing. That, that's alarming to me. When I see stuff of young people videoing themselves in sin and then posting that, that's alarming to me. And what's really alarming is whenever you question them about it and they say, what? What? What's wrong with it? You don't know what's wrong with what you were doing? That's really scary. Alarming, you don't have a clue that what you're doing, the Bible calls sin. And 
is very clear about the consequences of sin in your life. Have no remorse. Have no fear. You, you, you don't have no fear of getting caught. You don't even see anything wrong with it. That's alarming. The door to the kingdom is first. You got to turn from your sin, and that's hopeless when you don't even know what sin is. And when we're in a generation that doesn't know what sin is, we're in trouble. You have to know what sin is before you can turn. That's why the church is vital to a society. That's why, because the world isn't going to tell you what sin is. Young people, you have to know what God blesses and rewards. And you need to know what will put your life under a curse. You, you need to know that. Now, you can go and do that. And I hope you temporarily enjoy it because your life is going to unravel for you all the way through. It'll get worse and worse and worse for you because God's blessings are not on sin. And you need to know that. You need to know that. That's why this church is so motivated to teach a biblical lifestyle because we want our members being blessed. Now, it just get, it's get, it gets worse. Here's what's more alarming. I'm shocked. I'm speechless. You, you, you have to fight from getting angry because I'm hearing many of our nation's leading pastors, mega church pastors preaching now what is being termed as a hyper grace message. I hear pastors telling the world since Jesus came and brought in love and grace and forgiveness I hear pastors saying the Ten Commandments are now obsolete. That's all under the old law. There is no sin under the blood of Jesus. I want to make sure today that none of our church members fall into or fall under that lie. I don't care how big their church is. I don't care how big their church is, nor do I care how famous they are on TV. I want you to know with no uncertainty, God hates sin. I want you to know that. God hates sin. And God is very clear on what sin is, and he's very clear on the consequences of sin in your life. And he's very clear on when you turn from sin, the blessings that are on your life, I want to make sure our church knows the Ten Commandments are still working today. If, if this offends you, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but let me just clear this matter up. I'm not personally standing before God having told people that the Ten Commandments are obsolete. I ain't doing that. Here's what I want you to know. This lifestyle is sin. Colossians chapter 3 is not under the old covenant. Colossians chapter 3 is not under the old law. Colossians 3 is after Jesus, after his blood. And it says, have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires. Don't be greedy. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. It is time, verse 8, 
to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, dirty language, don't lie to each other, strip off these wicked, sinful deeds. Malicious behavior is sin. Turning over a police car is sin. I'll make sure all of our young people know that. I'm not taking for granted. I want to make sure our young people know you don't walk down a street and bust open the glass in the front of a building and go in and steal somebody's hard-earned money out of that building. You don't do that. That's malicious behavior. You're in sin when you're doing it, and the Bible's very clear about the consequences of that. I want to make sure everybody knows that. The Bible doesn't say turn off malicious behavior unless you're mad. It doesn't say unless you disagree with a judge's ruling in some court case. It doesn't say that. The Bible does not, listen young people, the Bible does not say friends with privileges is okay. God's very clear on sexual sin. God's very clear on the consequences of sexual sin. God's very clear on lying, on cheating, on stealing, on malicious behavior. It's sad, it's alarming, it's tragic that we have today pastors in an attempt to build mega churches and to take up large offerings, refuse to tell the world there is sin and it has consequences. Now, it's not my desire to run people off. It's not my desire to run people off from this church. But this is a pastoral staff. This is a church that's going to preach the truth regardless of the size of offerings or the number of people that come here. Well, you need to know that. Now, let me just tell you, I get it. I, I get it. Right now, our church is building an educational facility for our Christian school. And right now, we need some big money. We need some money bad to finish this educational building. I'm facing that pressure. And I have to sit and look at my sermon notes knowing this right here is not going to make a lot of people happy. You need to preach God loves you. Don't tell them they're in sin. If you want to take up a big offering next Sunday, here's what you need to preach. Here's what you need to stay away from. I understand that position because I'm in that position. Right now, with where we are financially, I'm in that position with this building that we're trying to build. But I'm just telling you, this church will never quit preaching the Bible and teaching truth just to get an offering. We're not ever going to do that. We're not ever going to do that. The Bible is clear on sin. And here we teach, we counsel according to the Bible. We encourage the reading of the Bible. I want our teenagers to grow up knowing sin. I want them to know sin. Because the point of all of this is to live in the kingdom. That's a blessed life. See, I want our teenagers growing up living blessed. I want them living happy. I don't want our teenagers growing up living stress-filled, worry-filled, nervous breakdown-filled lives where they got to constantly drink alcohol to suppress their upset, pressured, feeling, stress, 
relate. Come on. I want our young people growing up and living happy, living blessed, enjoying life, enjoying their marriage, enjoying their kids, enjoying their home, enjoying their family. That's what I want our kids growing up and doing. Well, to do that, you're going to have to turn from sin. You've got to turn from sin, and you can't turn from sin if you don't know what sin is. And this is an impossible situation. When a culture takes sin out of its vocabulary, when we've got to turn from sin to live in that kind of lifestyle. And now we've got looting, rioting, tearing down statues, destroying personal property, lying under oath on TV by our leaders, by our, by our congressmen and women, our leaders of this nation looking at the TV camera and lying to the whole nation. You know you're lying and you're lying to the whole nation? Are you not concerned about sin in your life? I don't even watch the news because you can't watch any newscaster. All newscasters are trying to build ratings for their news show. That's all they're doing because they don't have people watching. They're going to lose their job and go off the air. All newscasters are trying to build their ratings. And I understand they're going to tell whatever you want to hear rather than the truth. They want to stir up and it captivate you and lure you to watch their next show and lure you to watch your next show. And I mean, we've got newscasters on TV in the news channels lying. We're in a dangerous time. And what concerns me is when the church, when pastors will not preach on sin, identify sin, call sin out, and pulls that out of our culture where will that leave us when the church quits infusing sin consciousness in a society? Where will that leave us? Because the lost, sure not going to. I want you to know, God loves you. God loves you. I want you to know today, God loves you. But he hates sin. And you need to know that. Shame on pastors to build a large church. Shame on pastors to build large financial uh, uh, mass money that won't infuse their congregation with the understanding of the consequences of sin. Oh, Tim, I don't want to scare our little children. All that sin stuff and the devil and all. I don't want to scare our little children. Well, I do. I want to scare them spitless. I want our little children knowing there is a devil, there is hell, and the devil will make you look at this and it'll look fun, it'll look inviting, it'll, he did it to Eve. The devil wants you to look at this, ooh, that'll be fun, ooh, that'll be exciting, and he wants to lure you into something that will steal, kill, and destroy your life. And I want our little children to know that. I want our little children to understand the consequences of sin it'll destroy your life because I want our little children growing up blessed happy full of peace I want our little children having great dreams sleeping and having good dreams because they're so full of peace on the inside of them and the way to do that is turn from sin our little children grow up in sin lying cheating stealing they can't go to bed and be full of peace and full of joy I want our little children to know what sin is and to turn from it. Matthew 18, 2 and 3. How do I get to live in the kingdom 
a life where peace and joy and blessing, where is the door? Somebody point me to the door of how do I get in that life? How do I get, how do I leave a life filled with stress and fear and anger and mood controlled? How, how do I get out of here and in there? Now, Jesus said, number one, turn from your sin. Turn from your sin. Number two, become like a little child. Okay? Let's think about this. Little child. What is a characteristic that jumps out at you when we talk about a little child? We got a little child. He's sitting right here in the middle of us. And Jesus said, become like him. Okay, how is he? What does he look like? Characteristic that jumps out first and foremost is the trust that little children live in. There's no one or two-year-old that's worried about the rent. There's no one-year-old worried about the electric bill, not worried about the gas prices. They don't have a question because mom and dad are going to handle all of that. You never have a two-year-old come in and say, I just couldn't sleep last night. Honey, what's wrong? I'm just so worried about the gas prices. A two-year-old would come in. How come you? Uh, what's wrong, son? What's, I'm, just, I'm just tore up. What's wrong? This war in the Middle East has just got me all jerked up. See, there, there's a trust that dad's going to handle it. See, there's a trust that dad's going to handle it. I was little, little. And we were in the house that we were living. And right out that house is our big old barn that's on that ranch. Big, 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 giant barn. And that night or evening... I don't know, a tornado or a twister or just huge wind. I started coming through our ranch, and it started ripping pieces of that 30-foot-long tin, ripping it off one at a time, and blowing those big sheets of tin across the field. My dad sleep on the couch. My mom, blowing away. I never forget. My dad pulled up on one arm he said what what do you want me to do when it's over I'll go out there and I'll get all that tin and I'll bring it back and nail it on that roof right now I'm taking a nap I just want to go back to playing I got my toys my worries were over. Why? Dad's going to, this is awful. This is terrible. It's a disaster, but dad's got it. See, dad's got this. And whenever all this is over, some way, somehow, he's going to turn all of this around and make it better than it was. And you got to know that. See, a little child lives in trust. They don't walk in fear and worry and stress. There is a trust and I'm telling you right now, there's not one one-year-old in this nation that's jerked up about our president right now. They're just not jerked up about it. See, a little child enjoys life. How does a little child, in the midst of all that's going on, how do you enjoy life? Because there's a trust in Daddy. See, there's a trust. Faith is trust in God. Pride is is trust in self, trust in mankind. I'll handle life on my own. I'll handle this. And when you take God out of the equation, then all you got is you and mankind to work this situation out. 
and you're looking to our president, you're looking to our Congress, you're looking to national leaders, you're looking at presidents across the ocean. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Whenever you walk in trust in God, you're not looking to any of those people to solve any of your problems you trust in God. See, your trust is in God. See, I'm going to tell you something. Pride is not the door to kingdom living. Trusting man, trusting self, trusting us to solve this problem is not the door to the kingdom. My trust is not in people. My trust is not in the doctor's report. My trust is not in my situation. I'm not looking to mankind to solve this problem. My trust is in God. My trust is not in this president. So he never does disappoint me. Because I wouldn't look into him to begin with. Let me, here, let me explain this. If my wife came home one afternoon and says, let me tell you something. Today, a man bought me a new pair of shoes, bought me flowers, brought me a necklace. I'm getting jealous. I'm getting mad. Why? I want her to look to me to meet her needs, not some other guy. Are you getting this? God wants his trust in him. God wants his trust in him. Don't look to this president. Don't look to some other president. Don't look. God wants us looking to him to meet our needs. God wants us trust in him. Like a little child, trust their parent. We got to have a trust in God. He's going to handle this. You know, another glaring characteristic about little children when you watch them playing, the amount of money one child has or doesn't have has no effect on those children playing. They, they don't, they're not even aware of the money difference in all the kids in that circle. They're just playing, wrestling, having a big time. The, the money is no separation to their friendship. The designer diapers they have on, so I can't play with you. You got those cheap diapers on. <laughs> See, we only wear these diapers. Look right here. So uh, that don't have no bearing on children playing together. Who's got expensive diapers? Who's got cheap diapers? The year in the make and the model of the car out in the parking lot has no bearing on little children playing together. They're just enjoying life. They're just enjoying life. Let me tell you something else. <clears throat> The color of their skin don't make any difference. This don't make any difference. Don't make any difference to kids playing. They care less. They don't care what color your skin is. They don't care anything about that. Nor do they care what gender you are. They don't care nothing about that. They're just playing together, enjoying life together. Just enjoying being together. And there is no thought or any recognition that that is a problem or may be a problem or should be a problem. I watch little kids, one, two years old. There is just a freedom to live life. You, you never see a little child jerked up about the decision of this president, about his appointment to the Supreme Court, the gas prices. There's just a trust. There's a level of faith. Everything is going to be okay. Dad's going to take care of this some way, somehow. I don't even know how. I don't even know. I don't even know. But God's going to take care of this. We're going to be okay here. Trust God. 
Trust God. God's going to see us through this $5 a gallon gas price. You know, as a matter of fact, I raise and sell horses for a living. If somehow I can get an ordinance to have hitching posts put in front of Walmart, y'all going to have to come buy a horse from me. This gas price may turn out to be the great thing for me. We'll all be riding horses here before long, hitching them to the post out in front of Walmart. Come on. God's going to take care of this. God's going to see us through. I don't know how. I don't know how. All I do know is I got horses for sale. Luke chapter 17, verse 20, the Pharisees asked Jesus, when will the kingdom of God come? And Jesus said, the, the kingdom of God can't be detected by visible signs. See, you're not going to say, oh, go down this street two miles, turn left, and then take another right, and it'll be right there. That's not where the kingdom of God is. See, it's, it's a place that is within you. The kingdom of God is where we live within us. See, the kingdom of God is you by yourself in your truck, driving down the road. Are you right now in the kingdom of God or are you right now living in hell? Where are you living, going to your next job, going to your next appointment, right now on your job, where are you living? You can, I can live in hell. I'm going to beat that up. I get, I'm so jerked up. I'm so mad. Look at these gas prices. Look at everything. My God, I, you're living in hell. Come on, you're living in, you're not going to hell. You're done there, buddy. You're living in hell, and it's within you. But there's a way. There's a door that you can go through, and when you go through that door, you can be living in peace, living in joy, living in happiness. You can be living a blessed life. You get to the place where you're no longer praying for a miracle. You're not looking for a miracle. You live in the supernatural dimension of reality, and you just experience daily miracles in your life. See, it's a door you go through. It's a door you... I'm getting out of this hell hole that I'm... Where is it? Well, it's not down the road and you take a left. No, it's a place within you. The kingdom of God is a place within you. And how do I get in there? First of all, you turn from your sin. You're not going to live in peace and in joy and in blessings living in sin. That's not possible. So to get in that door, first thing you want to do is turn from your sin. Next thing you want to do is become like a little child. Come on, let's just trust God. Let's just trust God. When you seek first the kingdom, when you seek First, God's rule and his righteousness. See, you don't look for a miracle. You live a miraculous life. And it's impossible to live in the kingdom of God without living in obedience to him. You, you can't say, I live under the king, but I don't do what he says because obviously you're not under the king. First Peter 3.12, I'd like all of the pastors that are not preaching this to read this with me. This is a New Testament verse. It's not under the Old Covenant. 1 Peter 3.12, the Lord's eyes, they watch over all of those who do right. And his ears are open to their prayers. But the Lord turns his face against those who do evil. 
Let me tell you what that says in the Greek. The Lord's eyes watch over all those who do right. And his ears are open to their prayers. But the Lord turns his face against all of those who do evil. Oftentimes in this church, our sermons here don't make you happy. A lot of times our sermons in here won't give you a big emotional goose bump. We're not trying to build a large church. We're not trying to take up large amounts of money. We're trusting God to bring the money in we need to do what he's called us to do. We're trying everything within us to see the members of this church blessed, happy, in peace, operating in obedience to the Lord. And for us, it's not a feel-good, one-hour-a-week, goosebump emotional service. For us, it's the Christian life of daily walking in joy. All day, every day, walking blessed. All day, every day, experiencing miracles in your life. All day, every day, in your business, in your home, in your family, you're walking in the supernatural dimension of reality. For you to live daily the life that God created us to live, you got to walk in truth. For you and I to live in the kingdom of God, the door to the kingdom of God, the door to the kingdom of God is turn from your sin and trust like a little child. Y'all stand. Lord, today we honor you and we ask you to forgive us for our sins. Lord, we turn from our sins. We turn from those areas of sin in our life. Lord, today... Anger is sin, and I turn from that. Worry is sin, and I turn from that. Come on, whatever you've been walking in this week that's of sin, let's turn from that right now. God, I turn from that. Fear is sin, and I turn from that. I turn from malicious behavior. I turn from a smart mouth. I turn from a lying, cheating, smart mouth. I turn away from a bad temper. I turn from that. And I walk in trust and confidence in you. Lord, I'm walking in that door. I'm walking in the door of living my life in your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you all. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to the CMC podcast. If you'd like to watch our sermons live or looking for more information about our church, visit cmcchurch.com or follow us on Facebook at Christian Ministries Church.